from the trails, woods, and waters of the Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network. It's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. Welcome to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Good to have you here on the Michigan Talk Network all over the Great Lakes State and all over the world at wildmichiganradio.com. And uh, yeah, man, you know what? Second hour of the show this uh, this week, and uh, we're going to start off a, a lot lighter than we started the first hour off in, okay? We're, it's, it needed to be talked about. It was talked about, and we're, we're done talking about it for right now. So, and if you're Getting this on uh, on uh, one of our um, occasional best of shows, then don't even worry about it. Okay, be happy because we're going to be happy in this segment, and uh, we're going to let you know that we're being brought to you by our friends at Not Just Guns, Cedar Street at one twenty seven in Mason, for classes, CPL classes, uh, self defense classes, and of course introductory classes to uh, you know owning a, a handgun. Very important, okay? How about you take that class before you take your CPL class? Very, very simply. You can do those things with our friends at Not Just Guns. And then you can go find out what you would like to own for yourself. Also, our good friends, Doug and Karen Roberts at Conquest Sense. Uh, lots of great products from them at ConquestSense.com. And we're going to start off this hour because it's it's always fun to talk to our friend Jenny Silik from Michigan Out of Doors Television. And Jenny, I, I actually went right for the the name, the right name this time. You and got the, it. I'm she, impressed. <laughs> and <laughs> what's, what's what's always great about talking with you and Jimmy Gretzinger from Michigan Outdoors TV is it doesn't have to be like last week to catch up with you guys. It can be a year, a pandemic, right. or whatever. You know, whatever <laughs> little bit gets in the way. Um, it's just like it's like old home week with you guys, and I love that. And you guys right. bring that to the show too. Well, cool. We appreciate it. Yep, we're still having fun. We're getting older, limping Pish. around. You know, getting shoulders repaired, <laughs> but uh, we're still kicking. <laughs> I've seen you two, and Gretzinger still looks twelve. God bless him. And you, I know, have not <laughs> aged a day since I met you. So oh, I don't know what you right, two are doing. You. But right. uh, Gressinger still laughs like a twelve-year-old girl too. Right, keeps <laughs> <laughs> us entertained with that. <laughs> he does. Oh, my God, I love you guys so much. But you know, you guys have been welcomed into into our homes now. And and look, what were you like five or six when you started the show? Because <laughs> you've been doing it for how long now? Well, in June, it will be twenty-four years ago oh that I started, gosh. and then I left for that little bit of time, a couple of years in there, where I went and worked for Ted Nugent, lived on his ranch down in Texas. But it just added to all the fun of my career. So, sure. but yeah, Jimmy, I was thinking about this. It was January of two thousand nine when Jimmy purchased the show, so that was already fourteen years ago that um, I started back with him. So yeah, it's just crazy how fast time flies. It, it, it is because it was funny that you said that it was 14 years ago that he purchased the show because wasn't I talking to him last week? I said, hey, I bought the show. Right? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. And the younger people listening are just rolling their eyes. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You know. Time goes fast. Yeah, right. Look, but don't... don't see, one day he'll be the old people saying that. Don't... Bl- <laughs> literally, 
do not blink. My daughter was three yesterday. She's 24 in April. So, yeah. you know, and my producer's that age now. So, which, you know, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay because look, we, we, we love, we love everybody that takes the time to, to listen to the show or watch the shows that we love to do. Um, this right. is taking you, Jenny, it has taken you places and, and you've met people and, and things like that. And the one thing that I've noticed about you and Jimmy both is you always, you know, take the time to talk to somebody. You're always interested in what they have to say. And it's always genuine, which was which is so important in this business of media that we're all in. Right. I agree. Yeah. And it, it truly is genuine. I mean, I, I really absolutely love what I do and I think my people ask what's your favorite part about your job it's I love meeting new people every week like I get so personally vested in the people that I'm doing a shoot with to you know produce a story about and yeah I just love it it, it, the most fun part. it doesn't get old because everybody changes. Everybody, you know, learns something new from the last time you talked to them or uh, something different is happening or, you know, everything right. is different every time you get out. And that's what's yeah. beautiful about this job. So, right. Get this. So yesterday, actually, it's kind of a, oh, we were laughing about it. It's a little bit of a stretch for what fits in our show, but it's also still really cool. And, you know, we, we thought we needed to do this story. A guy reached out, uh, Roger, who lives over in Fenton, he brews beer. He is in the middle of this project. He's brewing a, just a super small batch of beer just for his own personal pleasure, using water from each of the five Great Lakes. How cool awesome. is that? That is cool. <laughs> yeah, I ended up over there for like seven hours yesterday, hanging out with he and his wife and one of his buddies that helps out with the brewing. and. I've got some footage of it, so that'll be on an upcoming episode of Michigan Out of Doors. But yeah, it was just the coolest idea, right? It, it is because and look, who doesn't like beer? Well, exactly, and I know <laughs> firsthand that you can literally put anything, and I mean anything, in a batch of beer. That's the beauty of this. But right. the special, like you said, taking the water from each of the five Great Lakes. Now that's cool. Because I right. never would have thought of that. I know, so awesome. So yeah, I'm excited to edit that footage. It'll be it'll be different than you know hunting or fishing, but it's now, pretty cool. Well, yeah, but still, it's it's of interest and it's, it falls right into everything we do. Because look, you can take the sure. the lake, you know, here on uh, beer and make a a great walleye batter. You know, I mean, there's a million things yeah. you can do with right, beer right, right. that that it, yeah. it it fits, Jenny. Therefore, go with it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, now, in the, this short amount of time that you've been doing this, we talked briefly about technology change, about, yeah. you know, from carrying that six-pound camera on your shoulder with the one-pound battery that literally, like you said, lasted yeah. 30 minutes to, you know, I can do this on my cell phone now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, honest to goodness, we could. So um, before I get into, you know, just the woe is me about the olden days. Right. Um this is crazy. So last year in the spring, I was doing a walleye fishing story on the Detroit River and just a super crazy set of circumstances. We're five minutes into the whole boat ride. We hadn't even wet a line yet. And the freighter went by completely soaked. I was kind of sitting up on the step that goes up to the bow with my back to the bow and had my camera, you know, cradling it like a little baby in my lap. Well, 
this wave from the wake of this fully loaded freighter hit us just right and like swamped through the boat and right out the other end. But it filled my lens, like between the two lenses with water. Like it was a cool little water toy looking thing in there, like floating around. I'm like, oh, I can't use this. I had the GoPro and my iPhone, right? I did the entire segment with those two, the iPhone and the GoPro. And luckily it wasn't windy out, so the audio was decent. Sure. But I, I told Jimmy when I said it to him, he's like, dude, I can't believe that it was done with your iPhone. Like, it's crazy. That's all you need to bring. I mean, honest to goodness, that's probably all I would need to bring on a shoot. I could get an external mic for it and be fine. But it just looks ridiculous. You don't look professional, right? Like, right. Oh, here comes the TV crew. What? They said an iPhone? So... That is hilarious that that's where the technology has brought us, which is so cool. You could edit on your phone if you wanted to. But um, so when I started way back in the dark ages of 1999, um, we had the beta camera, the gigantic beta camera that sat up on the shoulder. That was 28 pounds. And you had to climb up in a tree stand with it, carry it through a pheasant hunting field all day. And the greatest part was, I think back now, like, good thing I was young and tough, right? Like, you had to carry this gigantic gear bag because the tape, the beta tapes only held 30 minutes of footage. The batteries were, they were those one-pound bricks, and they only lasted about a half hour. And the crazy thing is you had to keep the camera eternally powered on for a shoot, especially a bird hunt, because when a bird flushes or a dog goes on point, you know, it can happen in a few seconds. Those cameras, you hit the power button, and it would go, ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. It would be like five seconds, and then you could start recording, right? And by that time, everything's already done. So you had to have it just on, which just ate up the battery. You had to have your face up to the camera with your eye on that viewfinder cup. And it was all in black and white, which right, was right. <laughs> makes me feel so old just saying all this. But that's how it was, you know, for the first handful of years. We had actually, when I started, we were just transitioning from editing on tape to doing the digital editing. So I got to learn, I had to learn all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it just kind of, I can't believe how fast it has come such a far away. Well, you know, it's it's that. funny. We were speaking with Jenny Silek from Michigan Out of Doors TV. Uh, when we first started the show in 2006, um, I had a producer says, you're going to have to do a podcast. I'm like, what, I got to like re-record the show <laughs> or something? He's like, no, you take your shows and you upload them to a, a server and, and they, you know, just people can pick them up for free from there. I'm like, why would I do that? I got a Crazy. show. I got to write. But, but <laughs> I mean, we were doing that then. We're still doing it. And it just, it, but what kills me now is everybody else is doing it. But. You know, we'll talk more about that in a couple seconds. Time flies when you're speaking with Jenny. That's all I'm going to say. Jenny Silek, Michigan Out of Doors TV, is here with us. We're going to talk more with her in a second. Find out what's coming up for that show and what's going on here on Wild Michigan. You can send your suggestions, comments, or questions to us here via email at OutdoorMailbag at gmail.com. Now, back to Wild Michigan. Turn the quiet up. Turn the noise down. Let this old world just spin around. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez being brought to you by Not Just Guns and 
Joining me here on the Conquest Sense Hotline, Jenny Silek from Michigan Out of Doors TV. Now that, uh, let's put away the walkers and the wheelchairs, Jenny. Let's find out what what's <laughs> new and exciting, because that's all, it's, honestly, there, there's so much going on. And, and real quickly, I had the opportunity to speak with Tara Trost, the daughter of Fred Trost, oh. the other day. Um, Tara and I both have a... Uh, a, a thing about old stuff, antiques and whatnot. And, you know, I buy and sell a lot of vintage items and uh, advertising, things of that nature. She's opening up a shop in Mason, which is cool. And I actually got a, got to meet her for the first time. And, um, you know, and I, and I look back at how the show has progressed and where you guys are going now. Uh, from those days to now, it's just, it, it's amazing. And there's there's no slowing down with this and you guys are keeping up on it which is fantastic what do you have coming up on future shows well i'm <laughs> can, can we, can we cheat? for sure i know well for sure i know we're doing our big buck night east and west yes. which we've been doing for you know 24 years i suppose um so yeah that's actually outdoor rama will be february 23rd so uh, our, that's when it starts and that's the date of our big buck night east and then a couple of weeks later, we'll be over in Grand Rapids for the Ultimate Sports Show for Big Buck Night West. So those are always just amazing, unbelievable shows where we get to see all of the biggest deer taken in Michigan this past season and hear all the stories, which are always insane. And it's always, you know, some extenuating <laughs> circumstances. Of course, it's never anything where, you know, somebody's been out there hunting every single day in the grueling weather and just happened upon this buck. It's always, I was out on the climbed up on the roof of my in-law's garage in a white t-shirt and you know, has cigarette hanging out of my mouth. That's how they get the biggest buck. Right. So we're doing it all wrong, Duran. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I've learned, um, throw it out the window. Right, right, right. So those are always a great time. And then, you know, those will air. I think we usually air those right at the beginning of April. Those will be on. And then we're in that weird transition part of the year with the show. So, um, I mentioned I yesterday I was just videoing uh, the beer making guy with the Great Lakes beer you mm-hmm. know, from the waters of the Great Lakes. Um, those kind of stories are what we kind of I mean not beer making but kind of things that can be timeless where you're not out you know ice fishing or doing something where there's a lot of snow which I guess you'd have to go up to northern reaches now but. Um, it, because what what ends up happening if we get a bunch of footage right now here in February early March and then uh, you know we air our big buck nights which takes up a couple of weeks and then we're into turkey season and here we've got all this footage in the can that we need to air from ice fishing and mm-hmm. rabbit hunting and people are thinking turkeys they don't want to or mushroom picking you know they don't want to see us out trouncing through the snow <laughs> so it's always a little bit challenging trying to come up with stuff to get on camera this time of year but. Uh, and I don't really know, I haven't talked to Jimmy and Jordan in a, a week or two. Jimmy's sunning himself down in Florida, so we produced a couple of shows ahead of time. So <laughs> uh, we talk every Monday morning, and we just kind of, you know, we live in three different parts of the state now. I'm mm-hmm. over by Port Huron. Jordan's in the middle of the state, and Jimmy's over in beautiful Grand Haven. So we actually hardly ever see each other. We talk every Monday morning and talk about what, each of us went out and shot and you know how long we think we can get a story out of our footage and what fits well together to round out an episode and sure. then we go from there yeah. um now you guys have been on, on pbs uh, this has been on pbs you know wkar in in the lansing area for longer than i've been around 
pages, um, yeah. And 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 because of that, there are like restrictions. You ha- you're, there are guidelines you have to follow, unlike you know some of the uh, the bigger networks. Sure. So commercial television and public television are completely different, which it's hard for us to wrap our minds around now, right? As, as consumers watching TV, especially, you know, if you watch the Outdoor Channel and all the shameless promotion that happens with all the products <laughs> and all your sponsors that, you know, that's what your sponsors expect. And that's how we all make our livings, right? For our show, it's actually, they're not even called sponsors. They're called underwriters. And um, when you are an underwriter for a show on public television, you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. You're not doing it to expect any promotions out of it. You're doing it because you believe in outdoor television on public programming, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, this is a great example, and this was years ago now. Um, Cabela's, when they first opened, so it was early 2000s, when they first opened their first store in Dundee, Michigan, they sponsored the TV show, or they underwrote the TV show. Right. And uh, we were not allowed to do, we couldn't wear any Cabela's logos on camera, like Jimmy and I could not. We could not do a, a story inside of their store. We couldn't talk about Cabela's on the air. Like they had a commercial, you know, at the beginning of the show, and that mm-hmm. was it. Um, now, in contrast to that, Gander Mountain, who never gave us a dime, we didn't have a relationship with them. They didn't sponsor us or underwrite us in any way. We could have wore Gander Mountain logos and done a story inside of their store every week if we wanted to. So it's just kind of a backwards, you know, I mean, not to say anything bad about public television. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's designed that way for a reason, but it's different than, you know, everybody thinks about um, sponsors on television shows. For for us, it's a lot different. It it is, you know, but again, it it keeps it... It keep us keeps it focused on point of what you're doing and and gives well, allows you allows you way more time to focus on what's around you and what leads up to that story and how the story unfolds, uh, which I like. You know, it's not watching right. it's not watching um, fifty five minutes of television with commercials and then the last five minutes of it being the did you get it or did you not get it? Right, right, and then all of the pop up. You know, with the different lower thirds, as they're called, at the bottom of your TV screen with all the different promotions and, sure. you know, pop-up messages. So it is kind of cool that way. I mean, we and I, I think it makes it more wholesome. And, you know, the, the average viewer is uh, pretty savvy. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they notice things. And people, people know, you know, if you're shamelessly plugging a product, it's obviously because you're getting paid to do it. But it's also because you believe in that product. But... Um, we can't, we don't, we don't, and we can't do that on public television. So it does kind of make it a little bit more refreshing in this day and age of, of shameless promotion. It, it is. And, you know, <laughs> and, and Thursday night's always been, it's a great night to sit in front of the TV and, and watch what's going on around your state and, and learn something about the people and what we're doing in this state as well. Which well, that's, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, Duran. I think that's why. Michigan Out of Doors, Mort Neff started it in 1951. Crazy, right? So it's got to be one of the oldest shows in the nation, I would think. But um, the cool thing about it, and I think why it's still popular and still near and dear to people's hearts, is because we're still so different. For being one of the oldest shows around, we're still so different because, first of all, it's timely. In a normal week or month what i videoed yesterday will be on next week's show Mm -hmm. so we turn it around quickly so you can say oh cool no way i didn't know the steelhead were 
snapping in that river. Maybe I'll go try that this weekend. The other cool thing is it's not about me or Jimmy or Jordan. You know, you see us and hear us every week on the show, right. but it's briefly. We are meeting new people around Michigan every week and telling their story so that, you know, everybody gets a chance to be on the show. You, you know somebody, maybe you've been on the show or you know somebody that has been. Mm-hmm. So that part is another interesting facet of it that I think keeps us, you know, entertaining and popular for people. And then the third component, I think, is just that it, it's so relatable because we could be fishing on a river and you'll be like, no way. I know right where they're at. That's sure. my great uncle's cabin in the background, you know? So yeah. I think that's cool too. As, as much as I love Jim Shockey, like the places he's been, I'm probably never going to go. <laughs> right, and, right. and the stuff he's, we're watching, he did, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago. So it's, I think that kind of makes it more exciting for the Michigan out of doors folks to, to be able to watch stuff that they know we just did. And it's in a place that, they most likely have been or can go. And it's cool, too, because you guys have stuff archived. Somebody watched the show that uh, my wife Sarah and I were on with, with, with our friend Dave and, yeah. and Rich Goulish, you know, and, and, uh, right. you know, and walleye fishing. Uh, fantastic. Jenny, yeah. never enough time to talk with you, dear, but thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. We really appreciate you and Jimmy. Thanks, Darian. And Jordan. Awesome. Sorry, Take Jordan, care. the new guy. But uh, <laughs> he's been, what, 20 years now? Kidding. Jenny Silek, Michigan Out of Doors TV. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. Everybody, more coming your way. It's Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network.